Welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast, where today's brightest minds in the medical device industry go to get their most useful and actionable insider knowledge, direct from some of the world's leading medical device experts and companies. You know, I remember the day that my phone rang when I was at Green Light Guru, and uh, the person on the other end uh, was a guy named Tom Rich. Tom had just read an article or heard a story about uh, Greenlight Guru moving into a new office space in Indianapolis and uh, wanted to know more about the company. And, you know, long story short, we chatted. We had a need for someone of his background. We ended up um, hiring Tom. And, you know, that was almost four years ago. And so on this episode of the Global Medical Device Podcast, I catch up with Tom Rich. Tom is a senior medical device guru and manager of our guru team at Greenlight Guru. And Tom and I catch up on a few things, you know, trends, things we're observing, things that are happening in the industry. So just a couple of, of product development and engineering nerds catching up and chatting for a few minutes. So I hope you enjoy this episode of the Global Medical Device Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast. This is your host and founder at Greenlight Guru, John Spear. And joining me today is senior medical device guru, Tom Rich. Tom, good to talk to you again. Yeah, good to talk to you, John. I've done the podcast, never the video. So this is a new one. Yeah, video. Yeah, I forgot to tell you we're doing video. I I do have a story, actually, if you don't mind. I might just start with that. Uh, I was at a road show and we were doing a podcast, like a live podcast, you know, and it was a, uh, it was a video one. And like, I did something where I asked the crowd to raise hands or something like that. And there was like a, uh, mingling session afterwards. And I heard somebody next to me, I was eavesdropping and I heard them say, does that guy know how podcasts work? So, uh, yeah, he did not know about video podcasts yet. So, uh, you were a pioneer. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I always thought that was funny. It's one of those areas that surprising, like, you know, where we do so much in, in marketing and we focus so much on different content. It's like, you know, let's be stronger in video. Let's release things out. Uh, I mean, I personally, I, I mean, I, I don't know if it's a COVID thing that, that triggered this, but a lot of the things that I watch are podcasts on YouTube. I'm like, oh, wow, we can do that. We're already recording it. So it's, we have the technology. So. Anyway, so yeah. if you're watching or if you're listening, you can watch us now. And if you're listening and you don't want to watch us, that's fine. If you're watching, you know, you can subscribe to uh, to the channel, Greenlight Guru's channel uh, on YouTube. And, you know, be sure to click the bell notif- so you get notified whenever new episodes come out. But anyway, I thought Tom and I, would, we could catch up a little bit. Tom also manages our team of gurus at Greenlight Guru. Uh, I, I guess talk a little bit about that. I mean, because, you know, the guru team, I think it's good to give folks a little bit of an idea of, of you know, if, especially if they're customers, the type of support that they have, not just from customer success managers, but also from gurus. Maybe talk a little bit about that so people have an, an appreciation for, for the role of the guru. Yeah, definitely. We So we are very proud of the Guru team. I think um, one of the things we find, we try to collect as much feedback as we can, obviously, from customers and throughout the sales process about, like, why, why do you select Greenlight Guru over other systems out there? And, and one of the things that always constantly rises to the top is that they feel like 
Greenlight Guru is more of an experience and not just buying software. And we feel like the gurus are are a big part of that experience. And we want to make sure that we hold up our end of the bargain to that. So the guru team, it's 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 grown to there are six of us now. Wow. Actually seven of us. Um and We've all worked in the medical device industry. Uh, I've got some electrical engineers, mechanical engineers, um, biomedical. And, and, you know, I think so much of this industry is all about finding somebody, a, a, a mentor or a colleague or connection that has done something before because things aren't as black and white as people think. And right. so we help our customers by just saying, I've done this. Here's what happened when I went through this audit or here's how my 510k submission went these are some of the things we we missed and whatnot and i think that's the biggest thing we give peace of mind to our customers that as they hit their as they go to hit their goals whether it's launch a product or pass an audit we've done it we can help them we want them to succeed as much as we do and so that's that's the main philosophy of the guru team is to help our customers meet their goals the first time yeah and i think the other interesting element uh, about the guru team is uh, the diversity, and you've hit a little bit on it uh, already, but just the types of things that, that that group of people have done. I mean, it's they're not all same as far as career experiences. I mean, we have some folks who are uh, product development oriented, others who are more manufacturing oriented, some who are more quality oriented. Com- and, and their prior experience uh, is with companies of all shapes and sizes, you know, sm- small startups to to the biggest of big companies, uh, all different kinds of products too. So it's a, it's a very di- diverse group of people with respect to experience. And, and I was talking to um, Etienne the other day on a, on a Meet the Guru episode. And, and you know, I made this the same in that. I, I'm pretty sure that if it can be done in the medical device industry, collectively speaking, one of our gurus has probably done it. Right. You're exactly right. And obviously that was our strategy around building the team. I think you obviously and Jessica Lyons were the the originals and uh, you had a diverse background. And then I was able to come in and thanks to some of my industry experiences, I did product development, but I was also thrown into some audits and remediation activities. So um, we found early that our customers are coming to us with a lot of different questions. So we made a focused effort to really find people and and we'll never focus because part of what's cool about being a guru is being exposed to a lot of different things but we have taylor brown for example that did so many audits before sarah adam she she did a fda audit and a iso <laughs> audit in the same day same, yeah um, and then etienne laura wade all extensive product development uh background so we want to make sure we cover all the aspects of the the customer journey and uh we've grown a lot in the last year and feel like we cover a lot of those areas. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure I don't know if, if we have uh, open positions in this current moment in time for additional gurus, but as the company continues to grow, we're always looking for strong gurus to add to the team. So if that's something that is of interest to you to learn more about, certainly reach out to us. I mean, I, I'll credit the man I'm talking to right now uh, a great deal with doing just that. Uh, you remember the first time you and I spoke, right? Yeah, I do. I, I heard about Greenlight through a, a news article, and I, I do remember that. <laughs> yeah, you picked up the phone. I don't, I don't remember if it was exactly this was the first point, but at some point, I, you might have sent an email, but I remember getting a phone call, and you were on the other end, and you were just 
you're curious, you wanted to know more. And the more we talked, it's like, all right, Tom is going to be a great fit for, for where we're going. So thank you for, for having the courage to pick up the phone. I mean, it's, it's hard to believe it's been the, the number of years. How, how many, what, what you're coming up on like four years, right? Yeah. In September. Coming up on four. Yeah. I think I, I, I remember right? September. It, close. It was November. We, I think wow. I started talking okay. to you in September. I do remember. And I think, you know, for me, it was like, I, I loved the medical device industry being in Indiana and being in orthopedics very biased, but there's no better industry than orthopedics <laughs> in my mind. And I, I loved what I was doing. I had great background and uh, I was just like, you know what? I want to learn some different skills. I want to push myself in different areas. And I, I, I knew I had accumulated so much information regulatory wise due to some of those projects yeah. I was on. And it's like, this could be a really cool way to help build a tech company in my state and uh, get exposed to a lot of different people in the industry and it's exceeded my expectations. Like I've learned about cardiovascular applications, about so many software as med device applications these days. Um, where wearables are huge. Um, huge. Just the IVD yeah. industry is taking off. And there is so much I've learned. And I, I couldn't be happier that uh, I saw that. I think it was an Inside Indiana Business article about Greenlight growing. And uh, I think it just moved or something to the. Yeah, into uh, that's right. 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 Well, and I think that's an important thing because, I mean, this topic is sort of uh, two-sided. It's for the you know, the guru who might be interested or someone who might be interested in being a guru. I mean, I, that's the one question that comes to mind is, ah, you know, I'm, I'm climbing the ladder at my company. I'm learning all these great things. And that, yeah, that's true. That's great. I think, you know, the, the opportunity at Greenlight is you get to learn so many different things. I mean, because you will be exposed to such a diverse group of companies. Again, they're all medical device, but they're doing things from IBD to wearables to orthopedic implants to, you know, things that, that you just can't even imagine are, are possible. Um, but you get to have that exposure. So you get to learn a lot more diversity from a device perspective. And one of the things that we encourage a great deal, but one of the things that's important, I think, about anybody that comes to Greenlight that we encourage is a learner's mind. Um, you have to be curious and inquisitive and, and interested in learning more about something. And so, you know, I, I, you and I were catching up before the show, you were sharing with me some of the things that, that uh, you're doing with the guru team. You know, everyone has some initiatives that they need to go out and learn something, you know, something they didn't already know. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, I think one thing I've learned early in the career, every company has kind of a go-to person, you know, for a certain topic. Maybe it's the biocompatibility person or the GT, GD&T right. guy or, or, or gal or whatever it is. And we were at Greenlight, we get exposed to a lot of different things, which is awesome. And at the same time, I want to make sure the team has their go-to thing, you know? And so we've all really tried to make an effort on, on figuring out what are we passionate about? What are the areas that we like and how do we become a thought leader or a go-to yeah. person for that and uh we're in early stages but we're rolling out some of those things and, and going to get the gurus more exposed to uh your audience and uh we couldn't be more excited to, to start doing some of that yeah and, and i think for those companies who are listening and our customers the the benefit is uh, our team is constantly leveling up uh and and gaining additional expertise 
and we're very hands-on with our customers. I mean, if if you need somebody to to help guide you through you know the process, you know this milestone, that milestone, we've got people who have done it before, and they're more than happy. They're they're thrilled, frankly, to do that. Um, and, and some of our customers, they're like, you know, not our first rodeo. We've done this several times before. That's great too. You know, it's you still have the gurus in in, in your corner if and when you need it, and then you know. But if you can go off to the races uh, without them. That's, that's cool. We built the platform on purpose to, to help you with that. Um, Tom, I mean, I, I guess I'm curious. I mean, you've been with Greenlight, you know, approaching four years. Um, you've done a, uh, quite a few different things that have tapped into your expertise, you know, with working with the customer success team as a guru, but also being a resource to help support sales as as they're working with companies who are evaluating Greenlight. You've been exposed probably, I'm guessing, I have no idea. I don't even know. Maybe you know. I don't know. But I'm guessing you have been exposed to probably a couple thousand medical device companies uh, over that those few years. Um, what are some interesting themes or trends that you have observed during that period of time? Anything come to mind? Yeah, you know, I think the first thing it it is over an overwhelming amount of companies that I've been exposed to, and I think the first thing that I noticed it, it's it's very humbling and also encouraging to see how many people out there are just really passionate about their ideas. Sometimes I think that you know what I don't know that I have that passion that a lot of these people have that they truly want to help people and. Um, and use their their market to um, or their product in their market to help people. And I think the one thing that's awesome about Greenlight is it allows me to help a lot of different people that have their passions and they're maybe the experts in that area. And I can yeah. be a level removed. So I think first off, it's just it's easy to come to work because I see the passion of our customers and of the prospects that are are really truly trying to help people, which is one of our our core values, you know. Um, I think trends in general, though, I always I've said this for a while and I've probably said it on podcasts before, but I think the process or the of medical device setting up a quality system, getting your product to market is much more overwhelming than it actually is. I think that people think of this huge project and that they've got so many different things and that's all true. But I feel like there are ways to break this down and really focus on the things that you need to focus on now. And mm-hmm. I think one of the main things I've learned from Greenlight Guru that I didn't know before is you can do a lot of work to get your product ready to launch, knowing that you can add stuff on later. For example, let's just focus yeah. on design controls and risk now. A lot of our yeah. customers come to us wanting to launch those products. And we've seen huge success saying, you know what, let's take a step back. Let's focus your time, your funds, um, everything on certain tasks. And let's take a more um, step-by-step approach or like um, crawl, walk, run, as people like to say. And um, that's one thing that has been so successful with our customers that I I didn't know. And and I I always encourage people to to do that. Um, The second thing I would say is... um, when I was working in the industry, I remember so many good engineers left because they said, I, I don't like paperwork. This is too much of a yeah. burden. And I think yeah. I've, I've really seen people shift in their mind to, hey, using a software like Greenlight Guru or having a phased approach to implementing a QMS 
even if it's in a paper system, can make this feel much less tedious. If we build as we go, it's not going to feel like paperwork. It's not going to feel like non-value added. And right. it's going to help our business efficiencies as a whole. So I'm really big on breaking things down, focusing on what you need to focus on now, build as you go. And it's not overwhelming like it like it is for some people. Okay. Well, let me take a quick break. Let me remind folks I'm talking with Tom Rich. Tom is a senior medical device guru and manager of our guru team at Greenlight Guru. That's a lot of gurus. Uh, but anyway, um, and Tom's been in the industry for, gosh, I, I always forget, Tom, how long? Um, it's, yeah, and it's been like, um, I started in 2009, so it's been like right. 11, decade, yeah, That's 10, 11 years. So. Uh, and, and he has a lot of experience prior to Greenlight working with very large orthopedic companies as well as smaller uh, orthopedic companies in a lot of different capacities. He is an engineer. He's a product development nerd. Uh, he knows uh, a great deal about quality system implementation as well. Um, and certainly, if, if you're curious about the Greenlight Guru uh, medical device success platform and how our the software and our guru team uh, can be a resource to help you achieve some key milestones, whether you're pursuing your first regulatory submission or you're getting your quality system ready for an ISO audit, whatever the case may be, we're there to help you. So I would encourage you to go to www.greenlight.guru to learn more. Uh, Tom, I mean, those are some great nuggets. I think the the right-sizing or you know, the, the build-it-as-you-go or however you want to phrase it, the crawl, walk, run, I, I think that's I, – I remember when that, like, like that triggered with me. I'm like, oh, wow, wow. That makes a lot of sense. And at the time, I was a consultant. One of the services that I sold was quality system services. And I, you know, I'm going to be honest here. I made a lot of money uh, selling the full thing to a startup. Uh, and, you know, looking back, I'm like, oh, man, that, that just, I could have been, you know, and I stayed with them, you know, through, through years generally speaking. So we, we had opportunities to, to do that. But you know, looking back, it's like, oh, well, we should have done it more piecemeal because they might have been had more of an appetite for it if we fed them you know, a bite at a time versus saying, here it all is, consume it you know, before it expires. Um, so I think that's a, that's a good point. I think a lot of people lose sight of that. I do think the uh, – hopefully you know, engineers are realizing – because I, I've heard this throughout my entire career, which you know, now spans 23 years. So uh, that's why I've got all this grade. But um, engineers are, ah, I hate, I hate documentation. And I, and I don't think that's really true. I think they're just working in systems that are cumbersome, overly burdensome, uh, just not architected to be streamlined. I think that's part of the challenge. Totally agree. I tell people every day, you're thinking of this stuff. Take credit for it. You know, everyone's heard the the lamest joke in the industry that if if you didn't document it, the FDA says you never did it. And I think uh, I always tell people, you know, you can either keep this stuff somewhere in your brain, and at the end of a project, you can build out an Excel matrix and spend a couple weeks on it, or when you're you're designing your product and you put a certain geome geometric feature on there. Why am I doing this? Put that in a matrix right there yeah. and, and it will save you so much time. Like, and annotate, annotate it too, because, yeah. you know, um, 
I mean, I've seen it so many times where, you know, my prior uh, uh, career stops where we launched a product. We didn't, maybe we didn't keep a good history of all the different permeations and iterations and that sort of thing. And, you know, the product's in the market, it's doing okay, but we need to make a change uh, for whatever reason. You know, fitting a, 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 a dimensional a tolerance, whatever the case may be. And we, we would go to make that change. And, and fortunately, in a couple of cases that happened, one of the engineers who was reviewing the change, like, whoa, why are you guys doing that? Like, well, this as is isn't working. I'm like, well, we tried that back, back way back when. And like, there was nothing in the DHF about that, you know? Um, so I think it isn't, I mean, there's a balance for sure, but I think capturing some of these things, even if they're not ideas that you pursue, but having that knowledge captured in some sort of design history file or note or report or something like that is just going to be beneficial because your product will evolve and iterate once it goes to market and you don't want to reinvent the wheel or, or invent a wheel that didn't work the last time, you know? Yeah. I think, uh, that that is huge. I mean, it's it's a mindset shift that you're not just doing this because the FDA wants it, but you're going to build a an efficient business. And I think, yeah. and and I think other industries have gotten this. Probably, I think the medical device the margins were so high for a long time, and I think that is coming down a little bit. That's probably going to force people. But you you have to run a an efficient business alongside this, you know, and you can't just. Um, you're not just doing this for regulatory purposes. You want to make sure that you make good decisions and, and, sure. and make money as a business, you know? So for sure. For sure. Um, are you, you mentioned a, a few moments ago that you're seeing sort of an increase in wearables. Um, I mean, I was talking, I don't remember who it was, but I was talking to somebody the other day and they were, they were asking me like about why I'm excited about med device. I'm like, man, you know, things that like phones and things that I wear and uh, all these things. That, I mean, there there's this, this weird um, convergence or merging of med device and, and things that I use in my everyday life. And some of it's kind of terrifying at times, but, um, but I think there's a lot of good from that. Um, so aside from wearables, are, are there other trends that you're noticing as certain device types or segments i mean i know you're you're a ride or die on orthopedics just because you're I'm, I'm a catheter guy a lot of people know this but um any other things that that you and the gurus are observing as far as product spaces that are kind of interesting right now yeah definitely i think i am orthopedics and i'm traditional mechanical type but i did i did just see some news about like more surgical robots being cleared by the fda and i think the biggest trend which i'm sure everyone is well aware is technology i mean software is in so many products i think we we do a lot of customer data and and a lot of people have software in their um, product customers and i'm sure the industry is even more and i think one thing about software that's hard is uh, the regulations were written before there was much software out there so there's a lot of catching up to do i know the fda is working on things and other regulatory bodies but um that, well, the UMDR is up classifying a lot of software products. So that's that's the biggest challenge, I'll say, is that to stay ahead and to stay on pace with the new technology, you probably have to have software involved. And how do you do that? There's just no we, – we talk about the industry being pretty gray in general, but it's very gray when it comes to that. 
Well, I mean, I'll say I'll react with a caution too, because I think there are some people who are trying to be too cute products that, that um, it's like they're making an app uh, and mm-hmm. like complement their product, but just so they can, they can be, you know, more in a tech space. And it's like, eh, it should have value. It should, it should, uh, it should provide, you know, some intrinsic value to the user or to the clinician. Um, have you seen I think any? That's one yeah, thing, yeah. real quick. I do want to add because I do think people overlook that. Like you, you need to know your industry, and I'm sure most people do good market research. But some industries probably aren't going to be as reliant on tech as other ones. You might think that it's going to help. At the same time, there is education and mind mindset sh- shifting that will need to occur. So it's a good point that you bring up that like you really have to understand your market. User needs should not just be internal marketing teams coming up or, or even engineering, you need to talk to as many people as you can. Well, and on that point, I think a lot of people make the, their, their approach is they talk to, if they do talk to external um, users, clinicians, patients, whatever the case may be, they do so a lot of times on the front end mm-hmm. and then they put their heads down and then they do it again on the back end. But to me, you know, you should be checking in with that audience uh, throughout the entire design and development. Uh, to make sure, because things shift a little bit, um, you know, and you want to make sure that that your interpretation still is in sync. Um, right. I'm curious, you know, knowing your orthopedics um, passion and, and experience, are, are we seeing any sort of smart uh, orthopedics? I mean, it, it seems to me, at least philosophically, that that I could put, and I'm not a software developer, and I'm not an electrical engineer or an orthopedic engineer, but it seems to me that you could put some sort of like chip or something in a, uh, a hip stem and it would know like what sort of forces are happening, like maybe a mini gyroscope or something. I, I don't know. Is there any, is there any smart technology that you're seeing in orthopedics? So I will say I don't keep up as much as I used to. I, I think most of the smart technology today that I'm aware of at least is during the, the, the surgical procedure itself. So yeah. helping position the implants, um, balance. Well, that's the, cool. The, I mean, yeah. Orthopedic so. surgery. Um, have, you've seen it. Like, oh my it, gosh. I remember the first time I saw like a hip replacement or, I mean. It's like a carpenter. That's what. Yeah. So yeah, it, it is good that they have the positioning tools because sometimes, man, it's like, like they're guessing, it seems like. And I'm sure they're not. But for the layperson observing, it's like they're grabbing all these different, you know, uh, cups and stems and all that sort of thing. Yeah, they are carpenters or they are artists. They know what they're doing. So I think some of the technology around there, I'm sure in the future there will be more. Like I know there's been a lot of advancements made in the material space to try to mimic the properties of bone and cartilage and different things like that. So um, every industry is, is, is growing. Chips and sensors, I think some people may like it some people may hate it but that's probably where things are going <laughs> well i mean I, I so i think it's just you know that's interesting i mean we um at greenlight i know we we monitor try to monitor trends i mean some of the things that i'm seeing and i'm guessing you're seeing as well is there seems to be a lot more ibd companies mm-hmm. maybe um and and i think that's logically makes sense because with the eumdr and ibdr uh well, it, the MDR is, you know, upon us, IBDR is still roughly a year away, but that 
just that change in regulation pulls in a lot more companies that maybe weren't regulated before. So I think there's some of that. I think I got to wonder too, if we've seen a lot more IVD because of things like the pandemic, I know a lot of the EUAs that were submitted to FDA were IVD type technologies uh, catching up with Allison Komiyama from Acknowledge Regulatory Strategies the other day. And she informed me that, you know, we're still early in 2021, but the IVD office at FDA is not accepting any more pre-submissions for the rest wow. of the year. Uh, wow. So there's things like that happening too. Yeah, so. The IVD space is fascinating because to me, it's like the tests are obvious. They're, they're IVDs. Then there's like this balance between giving more information to clinicians or patients that are kind of on the edge and crafting your intended use and your indications is very, very important because I think every clinician wants more information to make better decisions. And then there's a fine line between what's information and what's actually diagnosing things. So um, you need a good regulatory consultant or strategist in that space for sure. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. And then, you know, we've already hit on software. I mean, that's, that's software as a standalone medical device or other products incorporating software. I mean, that is a theme that, that I expect to continue for quite some time. Um, Tom, anything else on your mind before we wrap up this episode of the global medical device podcast? You know, I think pandemic to me, you hear so many stories about industries really hurting and even just going around in your neighborhood about businesses that are struggling. And it's, it's very reassuring to know that the medical device industry seems to be standing strong, um, and even taking off in some areas. Like I can't even tell you how many customers shifted to help with the the pandemic. And it's cool to see people, you know, uh, put something above their business and say, we're going to help out. So I'd say everyone listening, probably part of the medical device industry. I think it's good to be proud, be proud that you're in this industry and know that um, there are a lot of good people doing good things out there. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I know, you know, from a green light perspective, um, you know, we've, we've worked with, to your point, a lot of customers who made pivots, We've been resources to help them through that. Uh, we've done a lot of work uh, with um, some programs from NIH, uh, specifically the RADx program from NIH. A lot of companies that are trying to develop tests and you know, other things uh, to help uh, in this time of need. And I, I think, to your point, it's been awesome to kind of see how resilient the medical device industry continues to be. Um, there was, you know, a period toward the beginning of, of that pandemic where we were kind of all freaked out, uh, probably rightfully so. None of us had ever experienced anything like this, but to see how quickly the medical device industry just got back to, you know, as quick as they could, businesses as usual was encouraging. And so, you know, I know, you know, we, we love hearing those stories. So certainly if you have stories about, you know, your success, you know, navigating through the pandemic or just in general of your medical device company's journey, we'd love to hear about that. So reach out to us and let us know. Tom, thank you. I know you got a lot going on and you work with, you know, companies from and customers from all over the world and you've got a whole team of gurus. So I appreciate you carving out a few minutes to chat with us on the Global Medical Device Podcast. Of course. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It is a fun break uh, from the normal. And <laughs> I, I know our team loves getting, getting on these. So invite us back anytime. Thanks. Jeff. Hey, um, it's work. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. Um, 
Anyway, folks, thank you for listening to the Global Medical Device Podcast, the number one podcast in the medical device industry. As I mentioned at the beginning, and I'll reiterate, if you're watching us, that's awesome. Thank you. Spread the word. Uh, be sure to subscribe. Click the bell notification so you're, you're getting notified when new episodes are available. And uh, as always, this is your host and founder, Agri and Light Guru, John Spear, and you have been listening to the Global Medical Device Podcast.